Happy Leap Day, everyone. We've got an extra day in February this year. And I think that means we could do whatever we want. I don't think it's fair that just because we have a leap year that we have to work another day. So I'm taking the day off and I'm going to the beach. Right now it's about 50 degrees in Coney Island, uh, which isn't bad for this time of year. And you know, Punxsutawney Phil said spring is coming early. Uh, but you know, let's not confine ourselves too much to timekeeping. That's actually what this episode's kind of about. I go back and forth a lot about whether the concept of time is even real. I keep thinking about this line from a movie I just watched called The Man from Earth, which I highly recommend. Uh, it's a great late night bargain bin movie. It kind of talks about how we are so reliant on time when it actually is not even measurable, really. Living 14,000 years didn't make me a genius. I just had time. Time. Can't see it, can't hear it, can't weigh it, can't measure it in a laboratory. It's our subjective sense of becoming what we are. Instead of what we were a nanosecond ago, becoming what we will be in another nanosecond. The whole BC time is a landscape existing before and behind us, and we move, we move through it, slice by slice. Clocks measure time. Oh, they measure themselves. The objective referent of a clock is another clock. And very interesting. What has it got to do with John? And yes, it's also about some guy who's 1,400 years old. I also think about whether timekeeping actually helps me or, like, constricts me. It's good for keeping the trains on time, literally, but other times it's like, wow, I really gotta celebrate my birthday on a Wednesday this year. And sometimes we just decide it's an hour earlier than what we've been pretending it to be. Obviously naming the show Aw oh, Would You Look at the Time, I think about time a lot. Also, I have a lot of clocks in my apartment and a healthy amount of watches to wear. I have a whole wall of calendars that I hang up in my kitchen. So I am also a big consumer of time, I think. Which means I'm also getting a lot of advertisements online and social media for watches and clocks and things like that. And most recently on TikTok, I started getting a bunch of videos about something called the new calendar. This is the most environmentally friendly calendar. You usually need to buy a new calendar every year, but that's not the case with this calendar. A new calendar has 36 days a month and nine days a week. It divides time evenly so that you can use the same one every single year. Think about how many trees are cut down every year just to make Gregorian calendars. It's probably a lot, but once everyone gets a copy of the new calendar, they'll never need to cut down trees again. Okay, I was pretty quickly intrigued by this idea. A calendar I can reuse forever. Like I said, I decorate my kitchen wall with like five or six calendars every year. And I hate having to throw them out each year or like put them in a box and wait another 28 years to reuse them. So what exactly is the new calendar? The new calendar is a revolutionary perspective on timekeeping. It's the first time in the history of time that we've divided time evenly using math, science, and logic. That voice there is the creator of this new timekeeping device, Tom Sherman. I'm the inventor of the new calendar system, discoverer of the fifth season of the year. 
I'm still wrapping my mind around what my exact title is and in, in everything. Time Wizard, people suggest that a lot. In January, I reached out to Tom to talk about his calendar for the show. I want to play more of that interview, but first let me explain what the new calendar does. So instead of a 12-month Gregorian system, that is January through December that we currently use, the new calendar is split up into five seasons. Winter, spring, summer, autumn, and fall. And then each season is divided into two months. So, for example, there's an early winter and a late winter. And then there's a single day in between those, marking the middle of the season. That adds up to 73 days per season. 73 times 5 is 365. So what dividing the year into five even units does is it kind of creates this anchored system that as you observe the largest units of the year, the 73-day seasons, when you get to the end of it, you can just start back over again at the first day of the year, the winter solstice, and observe time in the exact same structure and nature from one year to the next in perpetuity. Also in the new calendar, weeks are nine days long, and each day is named after a planet in our solar system. Starting with Mercury at the beginning of the week, Pluto at the end. So we're going to bring Pluto back, give it the respect it deserves, and, and go from there. So what would today be, for example? How would you say what day it is today? All right. So today is, in the Gregorian year, is the 28th of January. Mm -hmm. So in the new calendar system, that would be the second day of late winter, and it's a Venus day. The way Tom organizes the calendar actually makes a lot of sense to me, like for planning and goal-oriented purposes. He was saying you could divide each 36-day month into groupings of 2, 3, 4, 5, 9, 12, 18. And then also the weeks can be split evenly into like beginning, middle, and end into threes. And I kind of like the idea of that middle day in between seasons. And overall, like, dividing a year by seasons makes a lot of sense to me, especially in the Northeast when seasons change pretty dramatically. Anyway, let me play the rest of my interview with Tom here. What is your background? How did you get to making up a new calendar like this? Yeah, that's a... <laughs> That's an interesting question. So time was just one of those subjects that has always fascinated me because, you know, it's this like slippery substance that no one really knows what it is. People, you know, you ask a hundred people, what is time? You get a hundred different answers, mm -hmm. but it rules our life every day, all day, every year. And so I just started kind of keeping some research notes on that. And then my like big eureka moment with it was I'd come to the conclusion that five and 73 were the two base factors, right? Those are two weird numbers to work with. Like five, 73, they're both prime. We're just naturally inclined to look for even numbers so we can continue to break things down a little bit better. So I'd kind of thrown those out and just kept going on. And then in January of 2017, I had a dispute with my bank because I overdrafted and I had like three business days or whatever to get my funds back in order. So I went in on a Monday and they were like, oh, you're late because they counted Saturday as a weekday. And I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. It's not a weekday. It's the weekend. And they were like, well, we were open until noon. So <laughs> it's a weekday for us. And so 
I I went home. I took the wall calendar I had off the wall in the kitchen, and I started labeling one to seventy three, starting on the winter solstice. And so the first period it went from December twenty first until March third, and it was like okay, that kind of makes sense. You know, spring starts in in March. That's classic. The second period went from March fourth until May fifteenth. And again, it was like, okay, yeah, the mid-May, late-May, unofficial start of summer, you know, it, it sort of adds up. And then the third period, the exact middle day of this middle period of the year, then landed on the summer solstice. And that's when it all clicked of like, wow, we're living in a system that really actually makes a lot of sense if we step back and allow it to and use its own measurement of itself versus trying to impose what we want onto it. From that moment on, that's where I invested most of my time, energy, and effort in extracurricular time, just diving deeper and deeper down into the rabbit hole and fully deconstructing the calendar and then trying to reconstruct it as best as possible. So you've been doing it for a few years then. Like, Have you been living that way in like this new calendar system? Yeah, totally. I mean, I um that year I started living on it where I actually I just had a spreadsheet and so I I just printed out this spreadsheet and I would carry it was like a scroll, you know what I mean? It was like <laughs> Yeah. So I would just carry it around and then I'd talk to my friends and family and be like, "No, don't you see like like <laughs> we're in spring already." Like or like, "No, summer's already over. We're in autumn and that's different than fall." And so, and so but it was cool. I was like living in my own little world, you know what I mean? Where on March 4th, the first day of spring, like, you know, there's not flowers out. It's still cold. It's still snowy and rainy and not great weather, but you can see the little things of like just the tiny little nubs on the branches. Mm. The hibernation is definitely starting to end and the trend of new growth is definitely starting to begin. So that's just been the craziest part for the first couple years when it was just myself and sort of in this old little world that I'd built up. And yeah, I've been using it ever since and highly recommend it. <laughs> How has it affected your life? Do you feel like you've reorganized the way you live because of the categorizing of the seasons and all that? Yeah. The impact has been profound in, in multiple different ways. Like one way in general is just like, I'm, I feel much more connected to the natural movements and cycles more than ever before, because, you know, I like to tell people all the time, nature doesn't use the Gregorian calendar. You know, you go to a dog, you go to the fish, they're not using that. They're using something else. And one of the things that impacts nature the most is the amount of sunlight. And so the amount of sunlight through the year changes through these seasons. And so just having a more accurate way to break down in a precise, accurate manner just keeps you a little bit more in tune with some of those natural cycles. And then on the other end of the spectrum, within my own, you know, human existence, the calendar has been very helpful in like planning, tracking, organizing, because you're able to have fully comparable units from one to the next. Like in our current system, February is 28 days, March is 31, mm -hmm. April's 30. So you can't really set a schedule for yourself to have consistency from month to month. You have to rip it up and readjust it every single time. And it's not even like that's consistent from year to year because like January this year has five weekends in it. Next year, it's going to have four. And so, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It, it just doesn't have that. It's incapable of, of sort of creating consistency. So I have used it to sort of 
implement different systems and cadences within my own life just to kind of get that regularity and, and uniformity that, that we're just not afforded with, with the Gregorian calendar. And then how do you interact with people who, like, one, use the old calendar system and also, two, like, probably never heard of your calendar system? <laughs> like, yeah. what is the interactions like with your friends and colleagues and stuff? I, honestly, it's like the best... One of in those HR games where it's like say something interesting about yourself. It's sure, great. Yeah. I don't have to ever, <laughs> I never have to think about it. I'm just like, oh yeah, I discovered the fifth season of the year and just kind of let that play it off super nonchalantly. And then people are like, wait, what is he talking about? And and slowly reel them in. And then otherwise, like I was saying, when I first had that spreadsheet and I was going around, I tried for like maybe maybe a month or two being like, no, like the Gregorian calendar is a lie. Like today is a Mars day and refer to it as a Mars day. And I, I gave that up pretty quickly because like you said, like people are, nobody knows about it. So I can't yeah. really demand people, you know, use it or know what I'm talking about. One of the nice things though, is, is since it's an anchored system, the Gregorian calendar is actually fully compatible to the new calendar where, like I was saying earlier, today's you know, the 28th of January, second of late winter, a Venus day. 28th of January is always going to be a second of late winter, a Venus day. You're able to sort of communicate with people using dates. It gets a little trickier using days of the week when people are like, oh, hey, I'll, I'll see you on, you know, Friday or I'll, you know, let's schedule sure. something for the second Friday every month. That's kind of when it gets off the rails trying to coordinate with people. But otherwise, yeah, I, I have a toe in both systems just because, you know, I don't want to look fully crazy just yet. You know what I mean? Like, that's in the five-year plan. <laughs> that's funny. I felt bad because I was like, oh, let's go and do this interview. And then I'm like, how's January 25th? <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's no worries. It's um, honestly, sometimes I feel weird when I'm scheduling interviews specifically with people about the calendar. And then I use the old calendar dates just because like you got to live it in order to, to really be a proponent for it. But yeah, I mean, you know, with so much of this system, the new one, when I've been building it, like you got to have some sort of balance between precision, accuracy, and practicality. So in order to live in a practical world, like, yeah, there's 7 billion people out there and like maybe a thousand, 2000 have new calendar systems. So <laughs> might as well bite the bullet and, and still remain part of our broader society for, for the moment. So I've, I found out about the calendar through TikTok. You've done some fun campaigning on TikTok with the calendar. What's some of the feedback you've gotten from people who've either like seen the calendar, commented on it, or like bought one and all that? The feedback is wild. There's a lot of people out there who say, I've always thought that something's been off with the calendar. And every time I bring it up to my friends and family, I get laughed out of the room. And people are just very thankful that there's an option out there and that somebody's out there creating something to fix some of these problems that, that come up consistently and regularly with the Gregorian calendar. On the opposite side of the spectrum, you get people who are just completely just rabid pro-Gregorian and, you know, say you're the devil, you know, <laughs> you're trying to destroy society. So yeah, those are the two sorts of extremes that come out from the calendar. But but for the most part, I mean, it's overwhelmingly positive. It's over overwhelmingly supportive. I think people understand that something's not right with the system that we're using, but 
they can't put their finger on why, what, or how to fix it. And so when they come across the content out there on our social media platforms, they're just completely enamored by what the possibilities are and, and sort of changing this perspective on time and making it work for you instead of work against you. Okay, so what about Leap Day? It's a leap year this year. What do we do in the calendar and Leap Day? Yeah, so that's that's a great question. People always ask about it, and Leap Day still exists, so we still have to observe it. And as of right now, in the new calendar, we still observe it where the rest of civilization is observing it after February 28th and before March 1st. But here's the thing, is the only reason that we observe Leap Day at that time is because February is the most glaringly obvious month that is unlike all the other months. And so there's no reason that that's where we should be observing Leap Day. And in fact, like we've run surveys, everybody hates winter. It's the least favorite season out of everybody's. You know, people like summer, they like autumn, and yet we're adding an extra day into everybody's least favorite time of the year. So Personally, I think that we should observe Leap Day after midsummer. So it would be one of the longest days of the year. It's nice outside. Mm. And it kind of makes sense where it's an extra day. So it should be an extra long day. It shouldn't just be this random shoved in where it needs to go to make it seem like it makes more sense. As far as from a rational, practical perspective, if I did that, then the calendar would kind of be off by a day with everyone else's Gregorian count. So at the moment, the best thing to do is just observe it in between February 28th and March 3rd as a, you know, one of these days that just keeps us on track with with our orbital rotation. So, yeah, Leap Day doesn't even have its own day within the week in the new calendar system. So it's kind of its own day outside of the calendar, which I kind of like, you know. It kind of proves my point that this should exist outside of whatever else is going on in your life. So thank you, Tom, for chatting with me. You can buy the new calendar at thenewcalendar.com. I have one up in my kitchen as we speak. Okay, so when I started to explore the new calendar... The first people I wanted to talk to about the concept with were my two good friends, Matt and Margaret. He's taken a great leap in trying to organize this. Hmm, for leap day. Matt has a very mathematical mind and Margaret has a very creative mind. This kind of hits in the middle of that kind of thinking. So when I was over their house recently, I asked them about the new calendar. I appreciated his suggestion of moving leap day to a warmer month, though I have nothing against February. Yeah, and he, he hinges so much on the, the winter solstice as the beginning of the year. That's, like I guess, a complaint I have is that, well, with five seasons, they don't line up to positions where the Earth is aligned on its rotational axis with the, the sun. And how do you organize that, too? The nine-day week is also, I think, very interesting, um, except that I would not include Pluto, but I would have it start on Sunday and preserve the tradition of having the sun be one of the chief heavenly bodies and then that also solves the problem of, is Pluto a planet or not? How do you include it or not? <laughs> but this also would lead to everyone knowing how to pronounce... Neptune Day. No. Oh, Uranus Day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uranus? That's, Uranus. That's the first time Uranus. I've heard that. <laughs> not Uranus? See, that sounds like urine. 
I think it's just a really awkward planet to pronounce. I know. Who who made that one up? Um, I don't remember, but I think I got that pronunciation from a, a Brady Heron video. He's a YouTube um, educational video creator. Say it again. Brady Heron? No. no. Oh, <laughs> Uranus. <laughs> I don't know what Matt's talking about with Brady Heron, but he eventually sent me a video from CGP Gray on YouTube that had the pronunciation he was talking about. It's also hard to know how English speakers in the 1780s and 90s would have pronounced the name. But since the word anus was in the language then, it seems unlikely that this particular pronunciation would have been popular. It may also have been pronounced with a flat A to sound like Uranus, or something more like the Greek name Uranos. What do British people call it? Uranus? I don't know. I asked my friend Gemma, who lives in the UK, this question. Okay. Uh... Yeah, that's re- that's recording. Um, okay, so Uranus. Sorry, I got distracted. But that wasn't the only reason I wanted to talk to Matt and Margaret. Leap Day actually has a very special meaning to them. So you got engaged on Leap Day. Yes. And who proposed to who? We proposed to each other. <laughs> Matt? I proposed first, but he we did. proposed to each other. We proposed to each other. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was just a coincidence? No, <laughs> it was kind of planned. Yes. You want to explain? Yeah. So we had been talking about getting married or engaged, elevating the relationship to the next level. So we were shopping for rings and these kinds of things. And Margaret, I think that you said that you wanted to plan to propose to me or counter propose or something no, i didn't kind of... i didn't tell you that i was going to do that okay you... so we lived with my parents at the time and i was like when we get engaged i want us to have that time to just ourselves like just to have that moment to us so i would like you to let me know that i need to pack a bag because i would like to go somewhere like just for the night so we can just celebrate and be in the moment and I didn't tell you that I was going to propose, but maybe you figured it out. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Whoa. So you really kind of did think about it at the same time. Yes. Whoa. Okay. So this was 2016? Yes. Yes. Okay. And, and so you decided it was leap day. I had no particular relationship with it more than any person. No significant events in my life had happened on leap day. And I guess I wanted to choose it out of envy of all those people who do have odd things happen on leap day. And an engagement is an event in your life that you can choose. And I decided to make it on the 29th. But you knew you couldn't, you couldn't celebrate this day the following year. You'd have to celebrate it in four years. Yeah. And I think that was like the intentionality behind the date I picked. Like it's such a standout date and it happens so infrequently. And, you know, we got married relatively quickly. It was mm. a little more than a year. And, you know, once you get, married that supersedes your engagement anniversary but with such an odd engagement anniversary we continue to celebrate it yeah so like for our first one year anniversary engagement anniversary we did our engagement photo shoot (laughs) because we didn't get engagement photos done oh so this would have been 2017 march 1st no No, the next leap year february 29th 2020 oh so you you never did engagement photos (laughs) no we waited after we've been married for two years already (laughs) Well, what about the following year? Did you just didn't acknowledge it? No, because I think we were so busy, like, planning yeah, for the wedding. wedding planning. <laughs> but I really liked the idea of being able to be like, yeah, I've been engaged for two years, but, like, married for seven. <laughs> um, so, wait, walk me through the moment. Oh, of what we did. So, <laughs> all right. So, we're at 
a reservoir, which in the state of Connecticut means it's protected property. It's protected land. It's owned by the water company. So you need passes to go there. This is important. We have passes. We did not bring the passes with us because every time that I have ever been there in my entire life, there has never been a water authority person there. The day that we go to get engaged, (laughs) there is a water authority man there. And he is like, where are your passes? What? (laughs) But we were very dressed up and he could tell that something was going to happen. So he was like, if you are not here in 10 minutes, I won't do anything. So we hurried. I also think part of the reason I was excited that Matt wanted to get engaged on Leap Day is because I'm a fan of Gilbert and Sullivan's Pirates of Penzance. <laughs> oh, what? Explain the meaning. So, <laughs> in Pirates of Penzance, there is a lot of mistaken things that happen. Like, it's a big folly of events. So there's this nanny who is entrusted to take care of this son. She, like, mishears the instructions from the parents and thinks that they want him to become a pirate. So she, like, brings this young child and herself onto a pirate ship and they become pirates. And then when he turns 25, he's able to leave the pirate ship. But then it turns out that Frederick was born on a leap year. Oh. So he is not actually 25. He is but a little boy of five. And so he can't not that be a pirate. That was the loophole. <laughs> that was a loophole. And there's a whole song about it called Paradise. Wow. I didn't know that's what that was about. (laughs) I mean, there's more to it, but that is a major plot point, is that Frederick can't not be a pirate because he's technically not 25. Wow. He won't be 25 for many, many years. Oh, they ever make a sequel to that? (laughs) Doubtful, because uh, Gilbert and Sullivan are very dead. (laughs) For some ridiculous reason to which, however, I have no desire to be disloyal... Some person in authority, I don't know who, very likely the Astronomer Royal, has decided that although for such a beastly month as February, 28 days as a rule are plenty, one year and every four, his days shall be reckoned as nine and twenty. Through some singular coincidence, I shouldn't be surprised if it were owing to the agency of an ill-natured fairy. You are the victim of this clumsy arrangement, having been born in leap year on the 29th of February. And so, by a simple arithmetical process, you'll easily discover that though you live 21 years, yet if we go by birthdays, you're only five and a little bit over. <laughs> Okay, I think that's it for now. I hope everyone has a great Leap Day. And if you're listening to this after Leap Day, I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't know why I made something that won't be interesting for another four years. Oh, and after I recorded this, I asked my guests what they were doing for Leap Day this year. Matt and Margaret said for their technically second engagement anniversary, they'll be going bowling, which they have not done in at least five years. I don't know if that's in Leap Years or not. Tom Sherman told me he was selected to give a TEDx talk presenting his calendar research at the College of William and Mary. So that night he said he will, quote, be spending the day pacing around the room mumbling to myself. Another great, unique Leap Day experience. I think after the beach, uh, Allegra and I are going to go out to eat in Manhattan. And in between all that, I'm just going to let the day decide what I'll do. Okay, I hope you all do the same. 
go and do something you've never done before. And again, if you're listening past Leap Day, go ahead and still do that. What's stopping you? Okay, good night.